Crafty Radio, episode 290, on May 24th, 2014. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, our 290th episode, a kind of hodgepodge, if you will, of various lighter beers. Yeah, we had the uh, Vaughn Monroe version of Ghost Riders as the preview 65 years ago today, the number one song for 11 weeks. Hmm. This was the original recording with Burl Ives that was what was playing, so. Okay. Uh, okay, so what should we start with? Well, I guess we start with the beer we have in yeah, our we'll glass. start with the one we have in our glass, yes. <laughs> so we got a beer from Breckenridge Brewing, and uh, it's the biggest package of beer we've ever had mailed yes. to us. They sent us a five liter mini keg of the Summer Bright Ale, and uh, Heather sent me a message when it came. She's like, "Holy crap! Someone sent you over a gallon of beer." So yeah, we got one of the mini kegs. Uh, this is let's see. Here are the facts about the beer. They have a nice page. It's. Brewed with two-row pale white wheat carapils in Munich, hopped with Fuggle Cascade and Willamette, 15 IBUs, 4.5% alcohol by volume, nice golden ale. Uh, I believe it has in it uh, orange peel and... Lemon peel. Lemon lemon peel and... Is that it? Yeah. That's what's, well, that's all it says on the... Yeah. Orange and lemon peel, so... They recommend it be served at 38 to 42... We're at about 52. Mm-hmm. It's about on par for the craft beer radio yeah. temperature adjustment. <laughs> so it's kind of a, you know, it gives a kind of a weeded ale mm-hmm. um, flavor. We've been drinking this for a while, so we're not going to go yeah, pours, do the aroma thing first. It pours very clear. Um, you know, so for a wheat beer, it's kind of unusual unless it's filtered. You didn't say wheat in the ingredients, did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, there is? Okay. White wheat. Yeah. White wheat? Okay. So it has that sort of crisp, slight limestone-y kind of quality you get from wheat. Uh, it has a, a really kind of bright flavor. I think summer bright works because the the flavor that you get from it is a pretty bright mm-hmm. flavor. It, it's not. It's obviously not too high in alcohol, 4.5%. That I would consider that sessionable. It's... Um, it can taste some of the citrus, but uh, <laughs> not not especially bright. The brightness more comes from kind of the hops and a little bit of of, uh, of a sweet malt. Yeah, the aroma is pretty malty. Some some bready notes in there. Not a huge aroma on this one, especially if you're serving it at 38 to 42 degrees. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get a ton of aroma off it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a crisp summer drinker is yeah. what it is, right? It has a good flavor to it. It's not really the orange peel and the lemon peels are not in high quantities. It doesn't have the same kind of flavors that you get from those ingredients in a wit beer, right? Right. It just seems like it's just a touch of those things. Um, like uh, you know, things Greg mentioned. You know, there's a touch of of. Uh, I like the, you know, calling it limestone instead of lemony or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Because they only really have that lemon tang that we sometimes give. This one's just even more modest, right? And then uh, has just a, a, I know you mentioned, you know, there's other specialty malts there, but, you know, what for me is tasting just like kind of like a, a moderate pale malt backbone on it. So just a just a crisp summertime drinker is what yeah. I'm getting out of this beer. Can you taste that Munich malt in there too? It's a little, 
um, a little kind of um, what, what's that bread that I'm thinking of? Um, sort of a pea. <laughs> pumpernickel. Pumpernickel. Yes. A little kind of pumpernickel. Actually, yeah, yeah, just a touch of that. Yeah, I, I think this is a this is kind of the quintessential sort of lawnmower beer or Memorial Day beer, as it turns out. That's, that's the main reason we cracked yeah. the mini keg because yeah. I'm going to be home for the next two days, and you know this thing's going to start oxidizing right away. Right. So we's got to drinks it. So you know it's it's nice and fresh. I think you could drink this through the course of a day and and at four point five percent not get too blitzed, mm-hmm. uh, and you know really appreciate it for what it is. It's I you know it's not gonna it's not gonna win any awards for being like an amazing pale ale, but it's it's gonna be a, a very great drinker, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, it's a good drinker. Oh, we, I should mention before I forget, you know, we posted the show today, and the guys from the Kharkov, the Swiss Alpine Organics, right, they, I, I didn't even get around to telling them that we had posted our review. <laughs> they had listened to the show and found it. Oh, wow. And uh, so he was appreciative of our critical feedback, and um, he gave me a little bit of information. I was not supposed to mix it in water. I'm supposed to eat the powder, like a pixie stick or something yeah. like that. Um then he claimed that mixing it in water makes it less effective. Now, I could imagine it'd be less effective if you didn't drink all of the material. But it, maybe that's what he meant. I don't know. He wasn't clear on if he meant you had to ingest it at a certain <laughs> potency to make it effective. Um, so, you know, he was really, really, uh, really, key, you know, up on the feedback, offered to send us more. And uh, I said, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll continue to try it. Because yeah. this is the kind of thing where you take it once and you don't get a hangover. Okay, what was it? Right. Was it the stuff? Or didn't I drink enough to get a hangover? You know? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So. We have to test it. We have to do a sort of control test. Uh, it, it's it's a hard thing to do without real, without doing a real scientific experiment, right? Yeah. You'd have to have blind group, or you would just have to... Oh, Here's what I would say: We would have to set up, drink the exact same thing, drink on two the exact same thing on two different days. One day without taking it, and one day with taking it, and no, and nothing else. And we would have to figure out. We would also want the stuff that we're drinking to be enough to give us a hangover under yes. normal circumstances. Yes, this doesn't sound like a fun experiment, <laughs> but it's in the name of science. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yes. No. It's it's in the name of science. So I'd, I'd be willing to do it. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we're gonna we might re-review it. They mentioned that the price point. Um, he was he seemed appreciative of all our feedback, mm-hmm. and uh, most of the ingredients are sourced from Switzerland right now and shipped to the United States for manufacture. I think, and there's some stuff like one ingredient comes out of Colorado right now. I think they're gonna try to source more North American ingredients. Price should come down. I don't know. If if we can test this and be you know certain that it's it's a good way to defeat hangovers without having to take aspirin. Right. You know, Greg Greg loves um you know pharmaceuticals, right? I mean, he Swear but, but but we do have listeners who don't, might prefer yeah. a natural solution, right? So at that point, you know, yeah, but you're, I mean, with the the samples they gave us, it, it was really inconclusive. So we just kind of reported our results. Yeah. And since I mixed it in water, I did it wrong. And I told him, you know, well, he said that 
I don't want to spend too much more time. I just want to get two more points out and then okay. we'll move on. Um, he said, you know, they had considered putting directions on the North American packaging and for some reason decided against it. I forget exactly what he said there. Um, and the feedback I gave him back was, you know, when I saw this package with no directions, I was worried about an effect like the cinnamon challenge, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to put this stuff in my mouth and then something happened and caused me to cough and inhale it, you know, so that's why I didn't try to eat it first, right? I was worried about that. Because it's a very dry powder. It is a dry powder. As or, most powders should be, yes. I think. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. Summer Bright Ale from Breckenridge. Breckenridge makes a couple of beers we uh, we enjoy. I think mm-hmm. um, their vanilla porter is... Yeah. And we've, uh, we've had, like, their, I think it's our 471. It's a, a big IPA. I think it might even be technically a double IPA. Had, we've had that. Haven't had too much Breckenridge lately, so. Yeah. Agave wheat, right? They did agave oh, yeah. wheat. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I like that one, too. This is one of those beers where it's a great drinker. We enjoy it. Mm-hmm. We might even rank it high, right? But it's it's hard to fill airtime talking There's about this beer. There's not a huge amount of... it. Does It's not really telling much of a story. It's just it's presenting a, a good bunch of flavors mm-hmm. that uh, go down easy and smooth. Yeah. I agree. It's a it's a great drinker, just not great for filling airtime on the show. So what's next? We got plenty of that left. So we do. I think you know that was pretty light. We want to find another light beer. Most of them are light-ish. Well, we can go with the Goza. That's four percent. Okay, why not? So last week on the show, we did a beer from Westbrook Brewing Company. They're out in South Carolina. And one of the other cans that they sent us was a Goes. Goza. Goza. And the, uh, yeah, that's definitely the first Goza canned beer I've seen. Gozas are um, beers where they add salt to yeah. it. So they say on their website, German style sour wheat beer brewed with coriander and salt. Yeah, so sour, it's probably, I'm not up on... Brewing gozes. Mm-hmm. I would suspect it's like a lactic fermentation, kind of like a Berliner Weiss, right? right? Instead of a, a sour fermentation. That is my guess as well. Uh, this is 4% alcohol by volume, 5 IBUs. Not a high alcohol by volume show today. That's good, because we're out of Kharkov. <laughs> Ooh. Hmm. Okay, so it pours a... Mm, what's that kind of a, a lemony yellow in the color, and it's got a very interesting aroma. Sure does. So, did you, uh, I, I, I've been making mental notes to start listening to when you're reading the description instead of focusing so much on pouring uh-huh. the beers. Uh, the label mentions is coriander. I'm not sure yes. if you said that. Okay. It it kind of smells like fresh shoe leather. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> it smells. It's definitely an intriguing smell. It's a little tangy. It's a little tart. Let's see, if there's any difference here? Yours is a little bit more, a little brighter than mine. Yeah, it's I think mine might have more, a little more citrus to it. Yeah. Here, let's let's exchange. Okay. We are now just uh, basically pouring back and forth to get a 
similar mixture. That still smells pretty bright. Did yours brighten up? A bit. Okay. So but still, it's the a, bottom it's, of the can has more brightness than the top of the can. Yeah. Still, it's an interesting, somewhat leathery smell. There's something else there. It's a. Uh... How about maybe maybe buckwheatish? Here, smell mine. I'm gonna throw something crazy at you. Blueberry fruit roll up. No. No, not at all. No. Hmm. So you know how a fruit roll up that that the, the, the fruit, fruit leather fruit basically. leather yeah. has that. Um, to describe the smell it has a it's a it's a concentrated um i don't even know how to put words to that but i mean everyone our age has had fruit roll-ups as a kid so yeah. they, they know what that that signature flavor of fruit roll-up is and i'm smelling this bit that reminds me of the smell of fruit roll-up but you know perhaps like a blueberry version of it Nah, I still, I mean, you know, the closest, like I said, is maybe a buckwheat, something along those lines, some kind of uh, hmm. darker. See, I'm not getting anything that would remind me of buckwheat. You know, I'm getting some lemongrass, some wheatiness, uh, that fruit leather type t- um, hint. You notice we're still smelling this yes. beer. It, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it just, uh, it's intriguing. We're trying to really see if we can pull out the missing link here to really tie these aromas together. Yeah, the weird thing is that with all that aroma that, that we're smelling, and, and some of them mm-hmm. may sound like bad adjectives, we don't intend that way, it's just what it does, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't smell at all muddy. It doesn't no. have a kind of like uh, thing that's just making it unable to smell. It's just it, the smells are very distinctive and we're trying to pull out what they are. Okay, took my first sip. There's a great tanginess to it. It does have a lactic mm. feel, so it's mm-hmm. probably a kettle sour like a Blinderweiss. Mm. Oh. There is a a wild maltiness. You know, kind of, I, I don't know if I would have said buckwheat without Greg saying anything, but there's something that's leading towards that, where it's it's more rustic, uh, of a more rustic maltiness mm-hmm. in there than your typical barley malt. So I can see, or even, you know, wheat malt. So I could see where you're saying buckwheat now from the flavor. Uh, yeah, a big sort of lactic sour in the middle of the mouth. Kind of vanilla along the edges a little bit. The saltiness does come through uh, as, I think, sort of brightening up the that lactic sour note. It's like when you you know when you when you put salt on a tomato or something, you get much more tomato than you do if, if you just had a tomato without salt. Goes was a style of beer that was almost lost to history. Yeah, you know, much like wit beer was. I mean, five years ago, n- never heard of a goes. Um, comes from Goslar, Germany, Goslar, Germany, something like that. Um, talked about we talked about how it uses. Uh, High amounts of wheat, add salt. Um, I'm trying to see here if I can get some information about the recent Renaissance and like who might have rediscovered it. Hmm. 
Um, it, if the coriander is coming through, I don't taste it particularly strongly. I think I'm tasting more of the that lactic sourness strong. Okay, so it looks like that like, goes died out in 1966. Brewery closed, brewmaster died type thing. And then in the 80s, another German brewery kind of, uh, let's see, brought it back just as a, you know, test, you know, just kind of research type thing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it was dead for almost 20 years, and they brought it back. And then uh, it says today Goza is in better health than it's been in for half a century. Uh, they don't really mention about... Actually, the Wikipedia article for Goza talks about this beer. Really? It does. It mentions uh, Germany as well. In the United States, South Carolina's Westbrook Brewing Company has brewed its own interpretation of Goza since April 2012. So, there you go. There you go. They're in Wikipedia and we're not. Cheers. <laughs> for anyone who likes drinking tangy beers, you know, Berliner Weisses, things like that, this is right up your alley. And this one has such a neat complexity. Mm-hmm. The there's a big fruitiness. I mean, here, taste mine, because I'm while I'm not I'm not sticking on fruit leather. There's a huge fruitiness there. There's a big strawberry blueberry thing going on. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what exactly that fruit is, and lemon comes closest, but it's not quite there. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking of the acidity from a strawberry or blueberries with a little bit of those flavors. I I still like in terms of acidity a really uh strongly acidic tomato. Yeah, yeah, there's there's something that doesn't fit for me if we're you know, trying to compare it to, to tomato. I I'm not sure I can figure out the the part of a tomato that I don't like that comparison for. But I can see what you're saying. Mm, but um, yeah, the the citrusy notes are closer to closer to lemon than than I think anything else, with a little bit of orange, and the coriander does not really come through. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I would have forgotten about that. So I don't know whether the coriander is maybe uh, is hiding somewhere or. So here's a question for you. Let's think about the salt and what the salt's doing. The salt, beer. as I said before, the salt is magnifying that lactic taste. It's it's like, like I said, when it, when you mm-hmm. put salt in a tomato. A tomato does not taste like a tomato without salt. It needs it. Um, mm-hmm. It brings out those extra, that, that extra tanginess. It makes it stronger. That's what salt does. Salt activates more of your taste buds and and has uh, anyone salted other styles of beers i wonder like what happens if you sold an ipa what happens if you salt i it would be curious i i, I bet you'd you'd probably it, it'd probably overwhelm you like with an ipa particularly a strong bitter one because mm-hmm. the bitterness would then be a little bit overwhelming i think right. it works in a lighter beer okay. like this or, or salt of brown ale salt of brown ale might work might work pretty well. I I'm think. sure someone's tried it. I just haven't heard yeah. of it. If anyone knows about salting other beers, send us a tweet. We talked before about how 
put salt on chocolate mm-hmm. and make it salted caramel. Oh yeah. My uh, my grandpa would. Oh no, he would use pepper. He would he would drink shitty beer. He would put pepper in the beer to add nucleation, mm. so he'd keep the head around. <laughs> and I've heard about people using salt for a similar type effect. But, you know, just a dash of pepper on top of a shitty beer will, you know, bring the head back. <laughs> well, I mean, I can see it. If you only had a Spiegel glass with a nucleation point at the bottom. <laughs> but this doesn't have... It doesn't taste salty, right? It doesn't no. taste, like, briny or anything Well, like that's that. the thing about when you use salt right, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if your food tastes salty, you've overdone it, right? If you if your food tastes alive, full of flavor, and you've seasoned it properly, mm-hmm. so yeah, I wouldn't expect. Um, well, that's the thing. Someone who's never had a goza, we're talking about a salted beer, they might expect this to taste kind of like ocean water, right? You know, and that's not what it tastes like. It's it's um, you can maybe I can maybe feel it afterwards a little bit of that. Um, kind of oyster-like after mm-hmm. saltiness, okay. yeah. you know, where it's like a little bit of, you feel some things saying drink some more water, uh-huh. right. but that's afterwards. You don't really taste uh, the, the salt in the beer. It's really, really well done. I was going to say, damn, this thing's awesome. <laughs> I really like that. Wow. That was good. Mm-hmm. You want to go to the other? Let's do the other sour. Okay, so we got a Bluner Weiss from Ithaca here. It's their cruiser. Again, provided to us by the brewery. This is new. This is um, really new. It's not even on their website yet. 4.2% Berliner Weiss beer. I'd be short of openers here. Oh, it's sitting behind the mini keg. There we go. We have these. We have. <laughs> I tried using those. I couldn't get it to bite on that. Oh, one. really? Yeah, that was the first thing I used. It was really noisy. I'm like, okay. So, 4.2%. This is a rotating. Um, and it's Berliner Weiss. There are only three reviews right now on Beer Advocate for it. Ooh, we can be four and five. Let me give you a little top off there. Mm, Okay. So the first thing I smelled was kind of a vanilla. The color is uh, really clear, crisp, kind of yellow. It was bottled on May 2nd, so yeah, it's pretty fresh. So it's a little candy, like uh, definitely a little lactic. That's what I would mm-hmm. expect. A little bit of vanilla, a little bit of juicy fruit. Yeah, vanilla. When you said candy, like I was smelling, and I heard you say chamomile. Okay. Well, that's what I heard you say because I'm smelling something that reminds me, little that lavender or something along those lines. I say think juicy fruit, bubblegum, juicy fruit, that sort of thing. Mm 
This one has a significantly more malt profile and less tang than the beer we just came off of. In the aroma. Yeah, in the aroma. Pours moderately clear. There's a haze through it. You can still see fingerprints on the other side of the glass, yeah. but it's not crystal. The the maltiness in the aroma, Grace taking a sip, I'll talk about the aroma while he digests it. Um maltiness aroma is fascinating. It's I don't want to describe it. It's almost like a, a touch of roast weed or something like that. I, I thought I smelled vanilla there, but you can roast weed. I guess would work. Okay. I think it's funny. the vanilla. Vanilla carries through in the aroma yeah. too. I think. I, I think if you have a taste, because I think there's. <laughs> it's funny coming off of really tart beer. a really tart beer that this tastes sweeter. Mm-hmm. And you almost start thinking, man, this could probably use some salt. <laughs> <laughs> put, add some salt, and now it's a goza. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's funny. It it feels it does feel closed up, right? It feels like it needs opened up. Mm-hmm. It could be opened up with two things. It could be opened up with some salt. Or and I, I almost feel like a heretic for saying this, but it could use a little bit of lemon or something. Like it could use a slice of of lemon. It it could. It could use just a little bit of thing, something to brighten. Mm-hmm. And but, but I've I, I never think part put... of that is is flight. I think that that's yeah. You know, the, from going from the goes, which is really bright, to this, which is a little bit more, just slightly more closed off, not as tart. Um, still, I think an excellent drinker. The mm-hmm. other one was. Um, really kind of savor. This is more of a drinker. The other thing I think, though, is is that it's a little fuller than the goes. The, mm-hmm. the goes really, it felt kind of like there was a lane, like a bowling lane down down my mouth, Close. and it didn't really hit my cheeks. And this kind of feels yeah. like it's filling up. Yeah, I mean, the goza was was tart, dry, and salty, yeah. right? So it was, yeah, like like how you, I like the spatial comparison, like where it was. Just down, like it didn't even hit the edges of your tongue so much. Mm-hmm. It was down the middle of your tongue, where this one fills out your mouth more. I mm-hmm. definitely agree with that. Um, the reason I said I felt like a heretic is I've never wanted a piece of citrus in any beer. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like, no, no, I want to drink it the way it's delivered. Um, however, you know, maybe, maybe it's flight, but I, I want to have a lemon slice where I can just <laughs> where I can just add a little acid to this yeah. beer because I think that'll open it up a lot. Give, have a sip of water. Let it uh, let sort of the the goza come off. It goes away. The goza away, nice. And then you know have have some again. And I think that it, it brightens up uh, as your palate mm-hmm. is getting used to it. So it's on par with like like um, the Festina Pesh from Dogfish, right? The Neo sure. Berliner Weiss, which mm-hmm. isn't really a super tart Berliner Weiss. Uh, just kind of a hint. It's it's kind of in that ballpark. This one has it has a has a has a touch of tang to it. It's a good drinker. This is the cruiser from Mythica. Hmm. I could I could drink a lot of these. Mm-hmm. This is really okay. So. Picked a pretty good summer show here. Yeah. So far. 
So, you know, I, I think this is this is tending more towards that strawberry. Okay. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not quite a touch there of green it's very, straw- like yeah. the greenish strawberry. Yeah, right. It's not, it doesn't have the big kind of the the I don't know how else to put it beside the red flavors. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the underripe flavors. Yeah, the 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 sourness and a little bit of the, sort of the meatiness, mm-hmm. I guess you would say, of the strawberry. Uh, and somewhat of a lemonish quality to it, too. Yeah, I mean, I think it took us a while for our palates to come off. Now, I'm getting... I'm able to explore the flavors. It doesn't taste like... Mm-hmm. A, uh, you know, a, it doesn't taste like a pale comparison of the of the Goza anymore. Now it tastes like its own beer. I'm able to get the strawberry flavors and other things out of it. So, that was a misfortune of flight. If we knew how tangy the Goza was going to be, yeah. we would have saved it for last. The the there might be a little bit of watermelon in there too. Oh, that's a good one. The white and again we're talking about like white strawberries, like underripe strawberries. Yeah. I would go. This is watermelon close to the rind. Mm-hmm. You know, not deep in the meaty part, but you know where the we're starting to get pale, and you're you know non on the whitish part towards the green. Yeah, still refreshing. Very refreshing, actually. I think it. Um, it has a, a, a nice, heavy carbonation, which I enjoy, especially when when it inhales this bright. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of sort of lifts it up and and, and uh, works kind of like salt in a sense to mm-hmm. to, to yeah. brighten it up in the same. Well, I mean, I wanted that acid to it, right? Yeah, the carbonation is acid, right? Mm-hmm. So that that helps brighten it up. It, uh, yeah, I think a Bulletproof Ice should be highly carbonated, Maybe a little bit more since oh, you're. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, I think that a, a, something that is useful in a blender vice, you don't want a flat, no, muddy blender no, vice. I you think want that crisp, would, crisp, crisp. So I think that would you'd lose sort of the intention. But it's funny you poured some into my glass. I take a sip and it tastes like a big vanilla blast. Yeah, th- that's definitely there. I took mm-hmm. a, I took a nice big sip, a nice big sort of gulp, and. A lot of really complex and interesting fruit and uh, you know stuff going on. So I like that a lot. It's really, really quite good. All right. So we got... Save the whip beer for last. This is whip beer, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll do this one. We got a, a can here from Maui Brewing Company. This is the Mana Wheat. Again, sent to us by the brewer. Where is the Maui wheat? Oh, this one has some adjunct to it. It has pineapple juice. Yes. Maui gold pineapple. They... Hmm, Maybe this is the beer. It's been a while since I interviewed Garrett Marrero. The first time I was at GABF. And uh, that was the time... I think it was... I'm pretty sure it was the time that you weren't with me. And uh, he was talking about putting Maui gold into a beer. And I thought it was... Beer named Maui Gold, but maybe it must have been this man of wheat. So this is actually my first time having it. So five point five percent alcohol by volume, eighteen IBUs. It has Maui Gold pineapple in it. It's a American style wheat. Yeah, the label calls it American Hefeweizen. Hmm. We'll let you know what we call it here in a moment. <laughs> 
I think the summer bright has been the darkest period of the night. This is another yellowish, maybe tiny, a little bit towards cloudier than yours. Yours is cloudier. I think we should blend. Because it does say at the end here, the yeast stays in suspension, making the ale traditionally cloudy. So we should have a cloudy ale. There we go. Hopefully we have the same beer in both of our glasses. Okay, the aroma. The pineapple beats the uh, Hefeweizen type flavors. Yes. I mean, the, it smells kind of like when you open a can of dull pineapples, but it doesn't smell so acidic and concentrated, right? There's, you're, It smells a little more fresher. I, I have not peeled a whole pineapple very often in my mm-hmm. life. I can only think of like one time. That I've done that. I've done it maybe twice or three times. It's, right. it's not. It's a rare thing. Right. So I, I don't know what that kind of pineapple smells like, but this one smells fresher and more fruity, more more like what you think a real pineapple would smell like than the the juice that comes in a can of pineapple juice. You know, pineapple. There's definitely bubble gum coming out of the yeast. I'm getting a. Man, that's the second time. So I talked about that um, chamomile slash lavender thing last time. I'm smelling a lavender again in this one. It does not smell like lavender to me. And it's weird because I don't have any kind of palate drift going on. I haven't experienced chamomile mm-hmm. or lavender anytime recently. So, you know, sometimes, you know, we've talked about palate drift before. And we got this from... Um, Gerald from the Beverage Tasting Institute, mm-hmm. where you know he's like, "Oh yeah, absolutely. Your your adjectives and your reviews are going to be flavored by recent experiences mm-hmm. in your life." That's not the case this time. <laughs> I don't know why I keep going back to lavender. Uh, I I smell pineapple bubblegum. That's that's what I smell. Mm-hmm. There, I just kind of coated the sides of the glass, and it woke up the pineapple again. That has a really interesting clovey, Clo- a lot more clovey than okay. I would have thought in the taste. It's not carrying through in the aroma so much. No, taste. It, it it struck me as uh, as pretty odd how kind of intense okay. the clove was, and the pineapple the pineapple acidity. Is moderate too, yeah. right? So the clove kind of plays with that, and the the pineapple really saturates your. Like I'm breathing out while I talk, and I'm pushing pineapple aroma back out over my mm-hmm. tongue. You know, I'm tasting the pineapple yes. again as I talk. It uh, the flavor. So I keep going back to you know when you crack when you you know open that can of dull pineapples you know pineapple rings and or get a fruit cup or something like that right yeah but I'm going for some reason it takes me back to the 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 can of pineapples right and I'm trying to I want to kind of differentiate and also correlate the same things so I first took the sip there was a lot of pineapple acid and it kind of really took me towards. Like, oh, yeah, this is more like that canned processed pineapple than I had thought. And then as the aftertaste kind of lingers, it tastes more fresh fruity yes. than processed pineapple. The juicier parts yeah. of it kind of come out and, and it don't taste as much sort of a sugar syrup. Yeah. Yeah. Pineapple. 
Yeah, it tastes like the fresh flesh instead of flesh that's been soaking in syrup for months, right? Mm-hmm. That's a really well done use of pineapple, isn't it? I mean, it, it brings it's so bright in the beer. It takes a bit. It takes a bit for it to come through. It takes, um, like I said, I think it really comes through after it's swallowed and you sort of breathe mm-hmm. it in. But then the pineapple really does start to start to come out and mm-hmm. express itself strongly. Well done. That's kind of bonkers. The way the pineapple like it takes almost fifteen seconds before. Your aftertaste really reminds you of pineapple. Yeah, and then it, it's it's such a it's such a it it it's like you just took a bite of pineapple. Yeah. I mean, it, it is like it, it's equivalent to being fifteen seconds after you swallowed a piece of pineapple, and it's spot on. It's not like kind of sort of like pineapple. It is just like pineapple. And strangely, I think that cloviness actually helps a mm-hmm. lot because it it kind it. It tones down some of the uh, some of the parts of the wheat that might get in the way. Mm-hmm. Some of the uh, slightly rocky parts of the wheat, like we said, we, we described the wheat before as kind of having sort of a limestone kind of quality. Mm-hmm. The the cloviness covers that up pretty well. Don't really taste the bubble gum that I was smelling. I just I mostly just taste cloves and turn mm-hmm. of phenolics. Uh, but then that lays back and the pineapple comes out. This beer fits remarkably good in the tangy beer flight we had because mm-hmm. of all the pineapple juice. It's almost like we planned the damn thing. <laughs> we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do that well, to you. It's almost like we knew what they tasted like in advance, right? Well, you know what we, we know what we forgot to do, by the way. What's that? Well we forgot to uh say, hey, if you want to support us well, we didn't forget it. You just remembered it. I just remembered it. I just remembered it. So, uh, please, if you would like to support us, Amazon.com, not Amazon.com. No. You always say that. You always start off leading people down the wrong path. I, and now I, they have to back up. They have to hit the leaky like eight times to get rid of all those Amazon.coms. Last time, best when we did the sort of improv. Yeah. Well, we're doing it again right now. We always and do improv, I guess. Yes, but... Um, <clears throat> <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. So, when you want to support the podcast, you guys know this already. You're diehard fans of the podcast. You guys buy stuff online. Amazon's the biggest store online. They have slave labor that you know goes and runs around the warehouses and picks stuff. But forget about that. Don't worry about that social responsibility thing. It's, it's, it's going to be drone soon anyway. So exactly, yeah. it's more important that you get what you want at a great price quickly. And guess what? It costs you nothing more. And you can support Craft Beer Radio by starting your shopping session at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. That's all you have to do. Start your shopping session there. uh, Empty your shopping cart and re-add stuff that's already in your shopping cart. Because if you added it without starting your shopping session there, we don't get credit for that stuff. Even if you check out that shopping, shopping session, you have to add the stuff to the cart from our referral link. So... You know, just do that stuff and uh, <laughs> sounds too complicated. Piece of cake. Just go to craftbrewery.com slash Amazon and buy and stuff. buy lots of stuff. Yeah. Manamana. Do 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 do. Back Manamana. to the beer. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Alrighty, this is neat. Yeah, it's a very neat beer. This is the mana wheat, mana wheat. From Maui. Maui? 
Does mana mean anything in Hawaiian? Well, I mean, it... mana, you know, comes from, it's a biblical reference, right? It's well, a... But is it? Because usually it's local reference type things for... For Maui? Yeah, so... But it is wheat, well, right? So it's it might be a bread tie-in. I mean, they're coconut porter. That's not exactly... <laughs> mana... I'm just wondering if there's a Maui tie-in for mana that we don't know about. In Hawaiian culture, mana is a form of spiritual energy and also healing power which can exist in place. So, yeah. See? I guess so. I asked the question. There are no dumb questions. There's no stupid questions. There's only stupid people. (laughs) I disagree. There are stupid questions. That sounds like a post-show topic. All right, we're finishing up the man of wheat. I think we've pretty much uh, said all the things there are to say about it. It's yummy. Hmm. Yeah, it's. Um, I wonder how they get the pineapple in there. Is it like just pulp that they put in, or? Hmm. You could go listen to the. Uh, 2008 Great American Beer Fest interviews with Garrett Marrero and see if he tells us back then. (coughs) All right. So, one beer left. (coughs) This is a beer we picked up at Saver from one of the breweries. This is the New Berry Porch Brewing Company, Plum Island, Belgian White. 5.4% alcohol by volume. An unfiltered wit wit beer with hints of citrus and coriander. So, Newburyport is out of Newburyport, Massachusetts. Yes, this was given to us at Saver by the brewery. We didn't really say where all the other beers came from tonight, but they all came from the breweries as well. I tried to fix put that in whenever we could. <laughs> really does kind of have that white look, mm-hmm. right? It's um yeah, you it it's opaque. You can't see anything through the glass. It's just a and it's very it's a very like you said where it's thin, you know, it's very white, you know, yeah. and then where it gets thicker it turns into a more of a straw color. Right. Sort of like a, almost like a creamy whiteness, so it looks the part. I, I just think I'm all messed up with my aromas tonight. Let's see. If you smell lavender again, I don't smell lavender. I smell vanilla again. I smell vanilla again too. Okay. I smell bubblegum again. I've been smelling bubblegum a lot. I, I didn't get any bubblegum in the aroma of the last one. Let's see if I can get it out of this one. But this one is actually more towards the kind of juicy fruit end. They say it's complemented by uh, mild sweet pilsner and wheat malts. But they don't give me any other information, so... The aroma is not quite as open as some of the previous beers, but it, it what you can get out of it, it it's uh I mean it, it it smells on point. 
Yeah, at this one point. I mean, other than the vanilla note, which you normally don't expect in... You expect that to be replaced with coriander type aromas. I, I think that may be... That, that that may subside a little bit, and mm-hmm. you and, and the coriander is starting to come through a bit, I think. Okay. I mean, this beer should be pretty warm by now. 58 degrees we're drinking it at. Mmm. Okay, so this is the first real coriander punch we've had tonight. Oh, it's definitely in the flavor. You're right. Yeah. I like how it progresses from that huge, big, perfumey coriander, and then it kind of thins out and gets a little lemony and tangy from the yes. orange peel. And then it kind of just... The wheat lingers after that, but it kind of... You get this... It's had this big perfume hanging around. It really narrows down and gets... T- mm. And the tang kind of wipes it out, right? So you don't get that big coriander hanging around for too long. Because those big perfumey flavors, for me, if they hang around too long, it's it's almost like a beer being cloying, right? Yeah, coriander it's, can get overpowering. Yeah. Um, gets oversaturated, yeah. and it kind of... It's nauseous isn't the right word, really, but it, no. it's... it's it can it can develop into something that that is not pleasant, mm-hmm. but I think it's something it's, you want to get off your palate and it doesn't go yeah, away. That kind of yeah. thing. I think this this so far is 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 handling it well, uh, giving us like I said. I mean, the first real big you know mm-hmm. coriander burst of the night. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with giving a big burst of coriander. Yeah, I think it's important to clear it off quickly, and that's what this is doing. Right, it clears absolutely it off, um, pretty quickly, which is a nice component to the beer. Filling up our water. Coiner is so potent that you you actually get a couple of nuances of it. It starts out perfumey, then it gets spicy. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said before, the kind of lemon peel kind of rubs it away. Um, it's neat. It's a... Uh, if you, you know, like I said, we worry about coriander hanging around. Yeah. And over, I was saying it's welcome. But I really like how it, it's, how rambunctious it is. This is this is a, a pretty strongly coriandered beer. I think this um, mm-hmm. again, flight may have something to do with it because they've they've been pretty mild. They've been tangy, uh, but they have not been mm-hmm. strong in terms of the the phenolics, uh, in terms of those those deeper sort of spicy notes. And this is the first one mm-hmm. to really bring out something really spicy. So it's so flight is playing a part in how strong we perceive that phenolic uh, mm-hmm. and coriander hit. But I still think this is this is kind of nailing the the Belgian white thing. It's it's doing it really. It's doing its job really nicely. It's it's really good. I again, I'm not sure where my palate is. Right, you know, yeah. tasting it on a fresh palate might be different. I, I don't think it's lining up as a classic example of the style. Right, I think it's more coriandery. A little less weedy, a little less lemony, you know, than okay. you might expect. No, I, 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 I like it. I like it. I just don't think it's a classic example of the style. Yeah, maybe maybe nailing is a little bit too too strong, but it's, it's nailing how good it's nailing a good beer. Yeah, it, it it's nailing using coriander rambunctiously, mm-hmm. but not overzealously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not a classic style. It's not a Who Garden. It's no. not, you know, other great wit beers. But it is a good beer. The uh, the citrus notes are, are really starting to come through at the end, uh, and and uh, I think some of that bubble gum from the yeast is coming through too. But still tasting a lot of coriander. 
That sip was the best sip right there because I got some some phenolics. I got a big wheat flavor. My palate might be getting used to the coriander or I just dodged it that time. That sip tasted a lot more like... I just said it wasn't a classic wit beer. My last sip that I just had was a lot closer to my profile for a classic wit beer. Um, that last sip was really good, and it wasn't this... It was Instead of being a experiment in coriander, it tasted more like a wit beer. Right? Yeah. So I really enjoyed that last sip, too. But I like both sides of that beer. I mm-hmm. like the experiment in the coriander, and I also like what it's tasting like, at least for that last sip. So, here comes the hard part. The ranking part? Yes. Yikes. We uh, we picked some... Uh... We picked a, a damn fine group of beers. There's no losers here. Well, and we wanted to do a grab bag, but we really picked a good... Show, I think. Show, yeah. a good style of show. I mean, these beers are all similar. They're all summertime drinkers. Yes. The only one that wasn't... A, well, no, they were all wheat beers. The Summer Bright Ale was less weedy than the other ones. Yes. But, we, wow, it's almost like we knew what we were doing. It's kismet. <laughs> it is. Okay, so ranking. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to put the, the Summer Bright last, and I'm going to call him a hard luck loser. He is a great drinker, right? But all of these other beers have something else going on. You know, more neat things no beer is a loser but no. he is just in fifth place I'm, uh, I'm going to agree with you on that one yeah I mean the good things about this beer is it's a light beer it has a great profile it's low alcohol mm-hmm. and you can just drink it and enjoy it you won't regret it if you want to fill 10 minutes of a beer review podcast talking about it, that's really the only knock, right? There's not 10 minutes of things worth saying about yeah. it. But other than that, great drinker. Uh, number four, now it gets harder. It gets really hard. Um, I have three beers that could all be number four. Uh... Um, it depends, like, which lens I use to view the show, right? Yes. I mean, okay, I like this aspect. I'm just going to talk through it here. So, number one, I'm jumping around. I'm jumping around. The okay. Westbrook, the Goza, the, it was complex. It was sour. It was, it was fascinating. It was so well done. It has to be the best beer of the night. And then the, the next three, they could be... Two through four in any order. I could just randomize them. I'm really having a hard time picking here. The the Maui wheat. I loved how the the mana wheat. I love how they used the pineapple. Mm-hmm. It was and it was a really good drinker. It was neat having it in Hefeweizen. Okay, the Ithaca Cruiser. It came off a hard follow up off the Goza. But once our palates got calibrated, it, we could really get some great nuance out of there. We got some berries. We got yeah. some uh, things like that. I was going to say vanilla, but I don't think we actually picked vanilla out of that beer, did we? We did a little bit. No, a little well, bit. You know, okay. Watermelon, stuff like that. There was oh, the watermelon, yeah. yeah. So that one has some great stuff going on. And then there's the, the Newburyport Plum Island Belgian White, which had two things going on. started out like a coriander bomb that 
was not overzealous. Mm-hmm. It was fascinating in its aggressive use of coriander, and it was well done. And then as I drank it, I started tasting the other parts of the yeah. beer, and it started tasting more like a, a good, balanced wit beer. So how do I pick the order on these ones? I'm going to have to say number two is probably the Newberry Port. Number three is... Oh, it's so hard. I don't want to pick. <laughs> uh, um, it's a tie, but I'll... I'll put the mana wheat. That the way that the pineapple was just so new and so well done. I'll put the the mana wheat in three and the Ithaca Cruiser in fourth place. Okay, so my ranking is slightly different from years ago from bottom up. I agree with you that Summer Bright is sort of the hard luck loser of the night. I, fan, I really enjoyed this beer, uh, but it's not a beer uh, that there's not there's, there's go, not much to talk about. It, it shouldn't go head to head with other beers. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just I mean, I I think it, in a way this one point three two gallons of it is almost the perfect way to have it because you can just have it for a couple of days and it, it you'll be great with it you'll be mm-hmm. fine with it you'll enjoy it and you know you know then you'll move on to something else. Um, it's uh, you know, I I don't think this is going to be something that you go to a store and really like. I gotta have me some summer bright ale. Right, right. That, that that's sort of the one thing against it is you're not really going to be. I mean, maybe that's part of the package, right? Then yeah. you get the summer ale. You're going to be having concerts, picnics, yeah. things like that. You need a larger volume year. If, you have, if you're having a small, intimate mm-hmm. picnic, yeah. you know, pick up this thing, and it has a bit of a gimmick. Everyone gets to pour a glass off the the tap. You know, it has a great mechanism for that kind of environment. So, I think you know it, it, this is one of the things that. Yeah, I wouldn't buy a six-pack of, but I would buy uh, kind of like a Breckenridge sampler pack that had that in there and, and enjoy it. Uh, my number four is going to be the Plum Island. And I just think that, again, these, all these beers were so good that it was just hard to, to rank yeah. them. I think that the only reason I did that is because I was more, I was more liking the the sour beers and mm-hmm. the things that gave us me more bright flavors than than the mm-hmm. than the slightly um, the slightly spicy flavors that you get from from the Plum Island. Plum Island. But I think that it gave me uh, a, a great wit beer that I would definitely enjoy again. Number three, I agree with you, and that the mana weed is number three. I think that the the pineapple came back in such a fun mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. and i was really almost like i was really excited by it it's it, it, it something new that i hadn't tasted before and that's always a good, a good thing right um i liked it a lot but the other two were better the cruiser was great and the only thing that it suffered by was that it had to go after the ghost right I, the the cruiser was a really good belgian weiss that just uh you know had a lot going for Berliner it Weiss. Berliner Weiss. Weiss that had a lot going for it but that goza was something special that goza is awesome and uh, i think clearly the number 1 and then the rest were just very good very very good beers yeah it was a heck of a show thank you everybody for listening to craft beer radio 
Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Hey, Johnny. How you doing? You can visit our website, craftbeerradio.com, for more information, figure out what that means. If you want to contact us, the best way to contact us is on Twitter. Um, there's at Craft Beer Radio. I'm at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. Uh, we have email. You can use that as well. That's the second best way to contact us. It's a virtual tie. You yeah. use beer at craftbeerradio.com. And, uh, you know, we're just going to forget about the Facebook and the Google Plus stuff for now. There's really no point. Until we I know some people are just all on Facebook. It just... I, ju- I just can't keep that going. There's too, so much so. To, to... Yeah. All right. So, thank you for listening, and we hope to see you again for 291. That should be something fun, I hope. It shouldn't suck. <laughs>